0: Good to have you here. Robert's Girls, I haven't seen you forever. It's been a couple years. We met at the the wedding a couple years ago, but uh, um, it's great to see you. You've not been together, I don't think, since then, and uh, awesome to see you. I spent a lot of time at their house when I was a kid. Uh, Their brother Jeff was one of my best friends. He was best man at my wedding. And so I spent a lot of time uh, watching those girls grow up, and uh, some of them still haven't, but uh, most of them are doing pretty good. But uh, good to have you back here. It's good to be home, and uh, they all live in different places now, but uh, it's always good to come home. Brother Paul said, uh, "Do you get nervous?" I said, "I always get nervous when I come home to preach. I don't know why, but uh, I just want to. I want to do a great job for you, and I, I have so many memories that that flood from here, and so it's great to be home. I want to thank Pastor for filling in for me while I was gone. Um, he's he's done a good job, and Uh, I feel like I preach here almost as much as he does, but uh, he's very kind to have me come. I was available, and he said, I need a guy, and I said, I would love to do it. I always love to come back, and so I'm glad that you're here this morning. Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. I want to give you this message I've entitled, I Know Your Name. I know your name. I have to confess that I struggle to remember people's names. Unless I've known you a long time or I've been able to say your name a, a bunch of times, I have a difficult time remembering. I never forget a face. If, I, if I've if i known you, I'll never forget your face. I'll see you and recognize you, and uh, I, I do well with that, but remembering a name is tough for me. Our associate pastor, Mike Holland, is incredible at remembering people's names. I've been at camps with him where he said, I will learn every camper's name by the end of the week, and there'll be 50, 60 kids there and he'll go through and learn every one of those names. He said, if you'll sit in the same chair this whole week, I'll be able to do it. And he'll go through and he'll just start going through the names. And he can do it. I get to the first one and I'm lost after that. He does much better than me. And he saved me many times. Uh, we'd be in church and uh, somebody will be back and maybe have visited before. And I'll recognize them, but I will not remember their name. And I'll go up and I'll start talking to them, hey, good to see you, how you doing? And he, knowing that I struggle with this, would walk by and say, Michael. Hey, Michael, good to see you, man. Good to have you back here. And so he would help me with that. Or he'd come up and introduce himself and say the person's name, and that would help me. So he was really good at that. I get away a lot of times with, hey, buddy, or hey, girlfriend. So if I say that to you, I probably haven't remembered your name. So hey, buddy, you did a good job this morning. Thanks for introducing me. Um, or girl, hey, girlfriend, how's it going? So kind of kind of break that barrier that way a little bit, and then hopefully uh, within that, I'll start remembering people's names. I often use an association for people's names. Um, if I was trying to remember Paul's name, uh, I would remember the Apostle Paul, or I'd remember you know, uh, a pig and a pen, something like that, and would help remember Paul, so I had this little associations that do that I don't know if you do that or not but there are some people's names I'll never forget I'll never forget the name Bob Stone it's my dad I better remember that one he's got a lot of money and I'm hoping to inherit it someday (laughs) if you quit buying expensive trucks and all that kind of stuff I might get a few bucks B Stone she doesn't remember my name she doesn't remember me but I'll never forget her name Beatrice Stone I'll never forget the name Ruthie Ruthie's my wife I know her name. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the names Kayla and Nathan and Allison. Added to that now are Derek and Keith and a player yet to be named for Nate. He's not married yet, so we're still holding off on that one. I come up with a different name every week, but he never agrees with that. So I'll never forget them. I'll never forget the name Harrison or Isla or Baby Panamik. Harrison's my grandson. Stood out in the rain yesterday, pouring rain. Pouring rain, cold, winds blowing, to watch a three-year-old kick a soccer ball 10 or 15 feet. It was so exciting. It was one of the happiest days of my life. My grandson played soccer for the first time. I'll never forget his name. When he runs up and says, Poppy, I love you, and puts his arms around me, I say, what car do you want me to buy you? Little Isla just turned one last week. Oh, she's a little snuggler. Man, we're holding uh, uh, Jocelyn's a baby this morning and snuggling in there with Ruthie. It was exciting. That little Isla, she just, she looks at me with these big blue eyes. I'll never forget her name. She's a sweetie. And then we have one on the way. One in August is coming. Our youngest daughter's expecting our third grandchild. And so uh, baby, uh, baby no name, we call that one and we're waiting on that one. I remember my family and my closest friends. I remember those who were in my wedding. I remember those that I grew up with and some of those things. And you do too. We don't remember everybody's name. We meet a lot of people. And part of my problem is that I meet so many people that I often can't keep them all in the, in the memory bank anymore. I remember this name. I remember Dr. Harry Strachan. And I remember Ray Stone. They led me to Christ. I'll never forget that night when they came over to my grandma's house and led me to Christ. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the name Dr. Roy Thompson. He was my mentor. He was my father-in-law. I worked for him, and he trained me in the ministry and gave me a great start to come back to St. Thomas and take the church there. What makes it hard for me is that I meet so many people in such a short period of time sometimes, but there is one who never forgets a name, and especially mine. Never forgotten my name. Knows it every time. Never a hesitation. Let me show you this morning in Isaiah chapter 43. It says in verse one, but now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Let's stop there for just a minute. Think about that. God said, Israel, I know your name. As a people, as individuals of a people, I know you because you're mine. Those names that I just gave to you, those are mine. Those are my people. Those are my family. Those are some of my dearest friends of my life. Let's go on. He says this. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Wow. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Let me stop there for just a second. People ask me all the time. How come a loving God had Israel destroy people in the Old Testament? He'd say, go into that city and wipe them out. Wipe them all out. Wipe out everything. Why? Right there. God said, because I love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to prolong you. He said, I'm sovereign. I'm God. And I want to watch over you. You do the same thing for your family. If it's someone else or your kid, you're going to save your kid. You're going to do that. Let's go on. Verse 5. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And Israel is being recalled. We are seeing a great pull of Jews back to Israel. Verse 7, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. God says to his people, I have called you by my name, thou art mine. I think of the Jews, I think of God's chosen people. I don't know if you know Jewish people, but I have to tell you, I've done some dealings with them over the years, taking trips to Israel. Some of you have come with us and will maybe come again. But uh, in dealing with the Jews, they're a hard people. They're a hard people. They're not a real friendly people sometimes. They're kind of standoffish and they're they're a little arrogant sometimes and they're very brash in how they deal with people. God chose them as his people and has protected them and loved them and kept them to this day because of the faith of Abraham, because of his love for God and his obedience to God. God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Not only of the Jews, but also of the Arabs. That's part of that clan, Arab sons. And so God has kept his promise and loved his people. God, because they were his people, knew their names. And because he knew their names, we are told, first of all, that he promised to protect them. He promised to protect. Through the deep waters, he would protect, saying, I will be with thee. Let me ask you by your raised hand this morning. I know it's early, and I know you're a little hesitant to respond, but let me ask you, how many of you have gone through some deep waters over the last couple years? Raise your hand for me today. Almost all of us, if not all of us. Some deep waters. We've gone through some deep waters with my mom. That's been hard. It's been harder on my dad than me, but it's been hard. We've gone through some deep waters with some family members that have gone through some very serious things, We've gone through some deep things through this COVID time. We've seen some loved ones get sick. We've seen some people die. We've seen a nation change. Really, we changed over the last couple years. Changes I never dreamed we'd see, but we've changed. Deep waters. If you haven't, you will. You'll go through some deep waters in this life. We all do. It's a part of growing. It's a part of life. It's a part of the flesh. God said to Israel, though the fast-moving waters come... He would protect saying, they shall not overflow. Do you ever feel like you're in the, in the water and you, you can't get to the top? you ever done that? I'm not a great swimmer. I'm not a great swimmer. I didn't learn, really learn how to swim until I was about 13 years of age. My dad had a unique uh, style of teaching kids how to swim. He threw us in the water and said, swim. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick up on it real quick. And so I, I didn't really learn to swim until 13. So I, I can swim, and, and I'm not afraid of the water, but I have a respect of the water. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't want to get out too far. I don't want to get too deep. I don't want to swim in water where I can't see the bottom. I'm not a great lake ocean swimmer. I'm, if I can see the pool and I can see the bottom, at least I know where I'm going to die when I settle on the bottom. All right? <laughs> And so God says, when you get in those waters and you feel like they're rushing over your head and you can't see the top, you ever done that? I remember the first time as a kid, I went to the pool here in town, I went to the rec center and they they had that high dive board there. I don't even know if they still have it, but I remember the first time my friends challenged me, jump off the high dive. It's a deep end. And it was, I don't know, 12, 14, 15 feet deep. And I jumped off that thing and I remember touching the bottom and looking up and thinking, I don't have enough air to get to the top. And if you know anything about stones, they don't swim. They sink to the bottom. And so I'm, I'm down there, and man, I pushed up, and I'm holding my breath, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. I remember coming up and gasping for air. You've probably done the same thing. You ever felt that way in life? You ever felt like, I'm not going to make this? Man, this is a serious surgery. I'm not going to make it. This is serious news. I'm not going to make it. I just lost my job. I'm not going to make it. My wife's going to leave me. I'm not going to make it. My kids are estranged. I'm not going to make it. God said, when those times come in your life, Israel, don't worry. They're not going to overflow you. They're not going to drown you. He said, through the fire, he would protect, saying, thou shalt not be burned nor flame kindle up. Think of the Hebrew boys that went into the fiery furnace. Fire is a very serious thing. I'm sure you saw on the news, as we did, that there was a family over in the Aylmer area, uh, Port Port Bruce area, the other day. We're having a bonfire. Did you see that on the news? Sad. Four or five little children. Dad had started the fire with some diesel fuel and set the can close to the fire. I don't know if he had poured it on and set it down, and there was a trail. I don't know exactly what happened, but that can blew up, and, and a little baby has now lost her life, and many of them are severely burned. I've seen burn victims when I was in Cleveland working at the Cleveland Baptist Church. A little boy from the bus route, house caught on fire, and he hid under the bed. The bed caught fire, so he went into the closet, and he closed the door. Well, the closet caught fire, and firemen couldn't find him because he was in the closet. And finally, somebody in desperation opened that door, and here was this little boy burned severely. He had no nose, had no ears. It was one of the hardest things I've ever seen. That little boy was burned. God says when the fire comes, Israel, you're not going to be burned. It'll be intense, it'll be hot, but you're not going to be burned. You're not going to die from that. Don't worry, I'm going to protect you. Ever felt like that in your life? Like things are getting hot here. Things are really getting steamy. Th- things, are, things are starting to escalate here, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. Israel said, hey, I've got a God who will protect me. And he then identifies how he'd do that in verse 3. He says, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Wow, what a great, what a great title of God given by himself. Don't worry, I am God. Not only am I God, I am the Lord God. I am your master. I, I am the one who cares for you, who keeps you. We think, of, we think of slavery and we think of a, a bad thing. And, and there are some bad things associated with the slavery that we know. But in the Bible times, a, a master was responsible for the slaves, for the people that worked for him. He cared for them. If he's a good master, and there's always been good and bad, and, and, and good masters would care for them and bring them in as part of the family and, and would, would take good care of them. He said, I'm your master. He said, I'm this, I'm your savior. I'm your savior. Have you got a savior? <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not talking about the Lord yet, Jesus. I'm talking about somebody in your life who's just bailed you out time and time again. Do you have a savior? Maybe it's a wife or a husband or it's an in law or it's a grandparent. I know many grandparents who have bailed their grandkids out. They got in trouble. They got a ticket. Grandpa pays the bill. They got, they got in trouble. The car got wrecked and grandpa or grandma fixes the car. Have you got one of those? God said, I'm your savior. When you think you're going to die, I will save you. When you think you're going to perish, I will save you. What a great thing. Israel, what an incredible nation. My wife, kids, grandkids, and friends know that Al, Daddy, and Poppy will do all within his power to protect them, help them, and if needs be, die for them. How many of you have grandkids today? Raise your hands. Now listen, you know what I'm talking about. I love my kids. I love my kids. No question. Mrs. Roberts, you love your kids. Mrs. Roberts is here. The Roberts girls are here. Your, your mom loves your kids, but she loves her grandkids a little bit more. Right? I love my kids. Kayla, my oldest, we call her Alan Address. She's so much like me, it's scary. Very good looking, talented, musical, all those things. <laughs> She's got a hot temper, and but if you cross her, she'll let you know it. That's her. Then I got Nate. He's Mr. Laid Back. I don't know where he came from. He's so easy going. He drives me crazy. I can't rile that kid at all. And I got Allison, little owl, and she's she's just a sweet little thing. But boy, she's spunky. She she can cut me pretty good. She she likes to make fun of dad. I love them. But then they gave us grandkids. Oh man. I would do something to save my son, but I'll tell you what, I'd really do something to save my grandson. It doesn't mean I don't love my son, it's just that, that grandson, there's something about those grandkids. I don't know what it is. There's just a little more. When you love someone, you know their name. And when you love someone, you'll do all that you can for them. And when you love someone, you'll do all that you can to protect them. Because I know their names, I would do all that I could for those that I love. Because God knew their name, he, number two, promised to promote them. To promote them. I have redeemed thee, he told Israel. I have purchased you back. I gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba as part of the ransom. I have loved you, and I will give the life of others for you for your lives to be spared. We've had some people in our nation who have given their lives so that ours might be spared. I had a grandfather who fought in the Second World War. You've had fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers who went off to another country, another continent, some of them losing their lives, some prepared to give their lives. Why? So that what was there would not come here. We've enjoyed a great life here. We, we've, as a, as a nation, as generations now, for a few generations, we have never known the turmoil that our world knew then. This COVID thing has really been our greatest hardship in our, life, in our lifetime. Some of you would go back maybe to the Depression years. Some of you would remember that as a kid. You've gone through those. Some of you remember maybe some of you remember those, those wartime years as a kid. But but in this lifetime, this has really been one of the hardest things that we've faced. And I've got to say that we're a little soft. When I think of men who laid down their lives, men who, who face an enemy, and it was either them or him, and he took that other life to save our lives or laid down his life to save other lives, that's an amazing thing. I love Remembrance Day. I love it. I, I love to remember those who have given their lives, laid down their lives. When enemies come against you, fear not. God told them, I am with you. I have loved you and I will give the life of others for your lives. When evil men come against you, fear not. When trial and testing and pestilence and imprisonment come, fear not. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Pestilence. When things like this come, this COVID come, don't worry about it. Don't get excited. This isn't, this isn't surprising God. This didn't sneak up on God and he goes, oh, oh my goodness, COVID. God knew before he created this world. God knew. He said, Don't get alarmed. As Christians, I think we get a little too alarmed sometimes. We need to remember God is in this. And here's what my prayer is God, why did you bring this? Why did you allow this at this time? Globally, could it be that God is preparing us for revival? Could it be that God's saying, hey, listen, we disrupted the church for a little bit so you'd understand how important it is in your life, so we'd realize how good it is to be together, to, to go back to somewhat of a normality? We look forward to that day. Could it be that, that, that the world will say, listen, we got messed up in that thing, and we got too fearful, and we had no hope, and, and, and we thought about death, and there was nothing there, and now we have an opportunity to go and say, hey, listen, we've got a hope. It's Jesus. We made it through because of Jesus. He said to Israel, listen, you've gone through some hardships. You've gone through some very difficult times of being enslaved in foreign countries where it was not a good master. Fear not. Trial and testing and pestilence come. Fear not, for I am with thee. Now, we've talked about other things. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a time in your life where you knew God was with you? You ever had that? It's an amazing thing. Tony, it's an amazing thing when that happens. I can't explain it to you. I I can't reveal it to you. But I can just tell you, I knew God was there. I knew that the Holy Spirit of God was with me, whispered to me. I'll tell you something that happened the other day. It was a few days ago now. But I was driving in the car, and and we'd been talking about different things. And we talked about why do bad things happen to good people? Why did our indigenous people have to suffer through those schools? Children, innocent children taken from their families in the name of Christ. Why'd that happen? I, I think of little children that are brutalized and raped and, and, and people that starve to death and people that go through great hardships and, and, and wars and all those other things. And we got thinking and talking about that. And I'm driving down the road and I said, I said Lord, when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, i got some questions. Anybody, you ever talk to the Lord like that? i, I got some things I want to know. And I'm going to take some time. And I'm telling you, I'm driving down the road, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I, it wasn't an audible voice. I didn't see anything. I wasn't hallucinating. But it was as if he sat in the car and said to me this, when you get to heaven, it won't matter anymore. It won't matter. It matters here on earth and it's hard on earth and it's difficult on earth but when we get to heaven it won't matter anymore. We'll be with Christ. Those things will be past. There'll be no more hurt. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more disease when we get to heaven. Fear not. I am with thee. You may not always see it or even believe it but I am with thee and I will put you above all others. I will raise you up above all others and why? Why? Because he knew their name. He knew their name. And then finally, I want to show you this. Because God knew their name, he promised to procure them. Look at verses 5 to 7. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back, bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Our family has had a family reunion for the last number of years. I, my cousin's wife, Heather, it's really good. She started years ago to plan a family reunion. It's not huge. We, we don't have massive numbers. There were days when we would gather at my grandpa and grandma's stones and we'd have 80, 100 people. I mean, we have a good sized family. My dad had eight brothers and sisters, one that had passed away as a child. So nine. So eight, eight living, uh, members of the family. And uh, they had a, a number of children. And so you start putting that together with those that had children. We had a good number of people. I remember those days. It was great. Now we'd get, to get together and there's 20 or maybe 30. And there have been times I thought, you know what, I don't, I don't really want to go. There's not that many people. You know, I I see some of them, you know, more often than others. But every time I go, I'll see somebody I haven't seen for a while, and I think, man, it's so good to be together again. It's good to be gathered with family. I think of times here. I was looking at the the posters out in the hallway, and and the celebration this year for the anniversary is ninety. Is it ninety four years? Ninety four years that Bethel Baptist Church has been existing. That's amazing. Almost a hundred years. You're old. You're old, 94 years as a church. And you know, I remember as a kid, and the girls would remember, remember when we were kids and we'd go to the arena and, and the girls would all buy new dresses and they'd all get dressed up and the guys would get new suits and and uh, that was a great date time to go to that. And and there'd always be that big banquet and, and uh, for years, Mary Dorkson you know, did the food and all that kind of stuff. Then they started catering it in and all that and we'd have guest speakers and music. and That was a real highlight as a kid in the church. It was a reunion time and people would come home They'd come home for that. They moved away, but they'd come home for that anniversary time. It's it's a neat time when you do that. And God said, I'm going to gather you, Israel. I'm going to bring you back. And and, and you're going to be gathered together. And it's going to be a great time of reunion. He said, I'm going to do that for you. I'll gather you like the mother hen her chicks. I'll keep you close to me. I'll build a hedge of protection around you. Fear not. I know your name. I love you. I will protect you. I will keep you close. And then he utters this incredible words, these incredible words in verse seven. Look here. It says, even everyone that is, can you read that with me? Read it nice and loud. Here we go. Verse seven. Everyone that is what? Called by my name. For I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Let's go to John chapter 10. Let's go to John chapter 10. Everyone that is called by my name. John chapter 10 verse 1. voice and a stranger will not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers do you know what that's saying i am called by his name Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my God. And his father is my father. And all those things that I just told you about Israel, all those things that God said that he would do for them, when the waters are overrushing, when the fire comes, when the waters are deep, when times are troubled, if it's them or you, he said, I am going to take care of those who are called by my name. Folks, that's us. That's us. Do you realize today that all of those things that I said now apply to you? Georgie, he's your God. He knows your name. He knows every trouble that you've gone through. And you've gone through some. Ms. Broughton, he knows your name. You've gone through some deep waters. And he's been there the whole time. Doreen, he knows your name. He knows the troubles you've gone through. I don't know them. I know a little bit simply because I've known them my whole life. But God knows your name. He knows your name. Think of that. Robert Allen Stone. He knows my name. I've heard him call it a few times. When I got saved as a nine year old boy, Robert Allen Stone. And I said, Here am I. And he said, Come into the fold. And I said, Jesus, I accept you as my savior. I remember as a 12 year old boy, we got in a bus as a church and we went to New York. I believe it was Tonawanda, North Tonawanda, New York, Lighthouse Baptist Church. 12 year old boy, great meeting, fellowship meeting. Many of the church people went. I remember we used to do that all the time. We got away from that a little bit. We used to pack a bus, 60 people and drive to a meeting. And man, it was great. Preacher, preach, fire it up, man. Hellfire and brimstone and I remember the preacher preached, I don't remember the message, but he gave an invitation and basically said, would you surrender to God? Would you simply make yourself available? And I went forward and I knelt, I could show you in that auditorium, it was on the right hand side. It wasn't all the way to the end, but close to it. And I knelt there and I said, God, I surrender my life. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I remember that night hearing God say, Robert Allen Stone, I want you to preach. And I thought as a young man that I'd be a youth pastor. I thought I'd love to be a youth pastor and work with young people. And then I got to know them and hate them because <laughs> I was one of them. I remember the first devotion I did. I don't know, Jennifer, you might have been there. I was 16 years old. I gave a devotion. I think it was at a pastor's house. It was at like an afterglow kind of thing. And he said, just keep it to about five or eight minutes. It was like 35 seconds. I was so scared. I thought, I, how, how could God use me? How can God call me to preach? I can't even get in front of a bunch of teenagers and go a couple minutes. Some of you are thinking now, boy, we wish you'd get back to that. (laughs) I remember him calling me. I remember when I met my wife, God speaking to me, that's the one. That's the one. I remember when God called me to Bible Baptist Church. This is the place. I remember when he had to start the Bearing Precious Seed ministry. He said, that's for you. I heard his voice. He said, I am with you. I'll tell you what, I was scared in every one of those things. Scared to death. Scared to death. And God said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm here. I know your name. I'm not going to go, hey, buddy. He said, no, Robert Allenstone. Ow, Al, come here. Come here. Yes, Lord. Don't worry. I'm right here. Isn't there just something about having somebody with you in t- times of troubles? My mom said one of her greatest regrets in life was that she was an only child. She didn't have any siblings. And when my grandma got sick and was ready to pass, she said the hardest thing in the world was having to make those decisions by herself. She said, I wish I'd had a brother or sister who could have helped me and taken some of that load off of making the right decision. And I said, Mom, but we're here. I'm here. She said, It's not the same. It's not the same. I said, Dad here. Dad's here. It's not the same. I wish there was somebody that had that tie. And, folks, as I've gone through the hardships of life as you have, it's just nice when God puts his arm around you and just says, I'm here. When I was a young preacher, starting out, I had to do a funeral and I didn't know what to do. You don't really get good training for that in Bible college. Did the best we could, but I mean, until you go through that. And I said to my father in law, I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And he told me this, it was great advice. He said, just let them know that you're there if they need you. So I'd go to the funeral home, and I would get the candy dish, and I'd go around and say, does anybody want a mint? I'd get the Kleenex box, and I'd go over, somebody be crying. i use say, could you use a Kleenex? I'd see someone standing there. I'd go up, and I'd say, are you doing okay? Every now and then, somebody would just embrace, begin crying, overcome with sorrow. And then they'd say this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. When's the last time you said to your Savior, Thank you for being here? Lord, we lost that little baby. Thank you for being there. God, I was in that situation where I was abused. Thank you for being there. God, my marriage. Thank you for being there. God, my job. Thank you for being there. He said, I have called you by your name. He's calling today. Some of you are going through some of those hardships that I'm talking about. He is there. I protect you with a sheepfold. I promote you. He that climbeth up over another way is a thief and a robber. I gather you. He gathers the sheep. He calls to his own by name. Jesus knows my name. He knows your name. And for all who have trusted in him as Lord and Savior, he knows your name too. Jesus, God in the flesh. Jesus, the promised Messiah. Jesus, the Savior of the soul. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows your name if you're saved if you're his and maybe today you're not maybe someone watching through the internet you're not you've never become a child of God you say well we're all children of God no 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 only those born into that family of God adopted into that family of God through Jesus Christ who said, Lord, I need a Savior, and I believe you're the only way. You're the only hope of eternal life. I trust in you. I cast all my sin and care upon you. God, save my soul. Thank you for dying for my sin. Child of God. Changed my life when I was nine years old. I've lived my whole life because of that decision and what I'm doing. And I would never change a moment of it. When the waters are deep, he knows your name. When the rivers move quick and seem to overcome, He knows your name. When He seems scattered, weak, and afraid, He knows your name. When I was a little kid, we lived in a farmhouse um, on Highway Number Twenty Four, out near the Radical Road. Anybody know where that's at? The Radical Road. The dump used to be there. I don't know if it's still there or not. The city dump was down there. It was wonderful in the summer, hot evenings, you know, breeze blowing towards the farm. There's nothing like the stench of garbage in the summer. It's just beautiful. We lived in this old farmhouse, rattly old windows. It was old. We had a good room, though. We had a good room. We weren't allowed to go in there. That was only for company. (laughs) Plastic all over the, the couch and stuff like that. Remember those days? And then we had an upstairs, an old... It was an upstairs, but it seemed like an attic. I don't know why, but my sister and I slept up there, and, and there was a yard light that was outside of that window. And as kids, I remember we'd be up there. My mom and dad come up, we'd tuck us in bed. We'd read our you know bedtime Bible story and pray, and then we'd be in bed. And, and my sister and I both were always scared up there because we were a long way from our parents. They slept in another house. <laughs> I'm kidding. They slept downstairs. And spiders, being on the farm, there'd be spiders. Now, when those spiders would go onto that window at night, and that yard light would shine on that window, on the wall, a spider this big looked this big. I mean, it was this monster spider. And we'd be scared to death. My sister was always a little braver than I was. I hate to admit that, but she's a little tougher than I am. And I remember crying out, Dad! There's a spider! Am I dead? It's just a spider! It's huge! Go to sleep! Dad! You hear him trump up the stairs. He'd take his summon and go, kill the spider and walk back downstairs. He was so brave. (laughs) When I was in trouble, I knew his name. When I'm around my kids and they're in trouble, they know my name. When my grandkids get hurt, they know Nana's name. (laughs) Oh, they love Nana. They know her name well. Why? Because of the love. Because of the concern. Because of the protection. Because of the supply. They know her name. And God... Let you know his name too. And all you have to do in time of trouble is say, Daddy, Abba, Father, God. And he comes and says, Your name. Yes, Tony? What is it? Dennis, what's the need? Gerald, Sandra, I'm here. I'm here when your little boy passed away. I'm here. I'm here when your daughter passed away. I'm here. What in your life today do you need help with? God knows your name. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time this morning that we could spend together. Reunited as friends and family. And God, I pray today that you would help us to remember that we have a God who knows our name. There are some who maybe feel very alone today. All alone. There's nobody. There's nobody that understands. There's nobody who cares. There's nobody who gets it. But you get it. You know. You know our names. You know where we are. You know what we need. Because you are our God, our Lord, and our Savior. And boy, are we thankful for that today. God, I pray that you'd help those today in this place who need to hear you call their name. And God, I pray that they today would call your name and that you'd be united together to overcome whatever it is in their life that they struggle with today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Let's stand on our feet, please. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I wonder today what it is in your life that God could help you with. I don't have time to ask each and every one of you today. How many with our heads bowed and our eyes closed today would say, preacher, that message, I don't know how God told you to do that today, but that message was for me today. I needed to hear that. Would you slip your hand up and hold it for just a moment? That's me, that's me. Amen, God bless you, amen. Would you respond this way today? Would you begin praying right now, Father, I need you. I need you to be closer, I need you to wrap your arms around me, I need you to love me, I need you to to, to hold me like you've never done before. And wait for it because there are times when you can almost feel it physically. If you need to come and pray today, you can. If you want to come to this altar, you can pray where you're at, that's fine, but would you take that time? Some of you today did not raise your hand and would you do this, would you say, Father, I, I don't need that right now, but I will. And when that time comes, Father, would you remind me? God, would you make yourself very real to me? Would you help me to call out to you? And God, would you you make me attentive to when you call my name? Because sometimes, and we didn't cover this, sometimes the Father calls because we're in trouble. We're headed in the wrong direction. We're going down the wrong path. We're headed for something that's going to hurt us, and Dad calls out. Would you today say, Father, if I'm headed in the right direction, would you tell me today? Would you pray that prayer? When you're done praying today, would you go ahead and be seated? When a good number of folks have been seated, Brother Paul, come and close the service today. Pray as long as you want. Some of you have some great needs, I'm sure. When you're done praying, go ahead and be seated. Father, I know your name. Do you know mine? Oh, he knows. Father, I'm hurting today. Father, I'm in trouble. Some are being seated. When you're done praying, go ahead and be seated as well. Father, my heart's broken. My life's disrupted. I need you. When you're done praying, go ahead and be seated.